Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. So hello and welcome uh, to a very special episode of Friends of Friends, actually. Um, I'm Pete Allison and uh, special guest this week is the voice of coronavirus itself, <laughs> Dave Cribb. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. I got COVID, haven't I? And I think at this point, it's very, very important to point out that Dave and I are at different ends of the M1, so it's all fine. Different ends of motorway one. But Dave, it does appear, has the old COVID. I've done four lateral flow tests, which has left very little room for error. All positive? All very positive, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've done a PCR and I'm waiting back on the results from that. I mean, I've got an inkling which way that one's going. <laughs> well, apparently, and this is some good public health information for you, the lateral flow tests apparently have been showing positive for other viruses as well. Oh, okay. So like the common cold or, you know, like the flu viruses and all that sort of stuff can trigger positives. It can just get some confused sometimes and be like, oh, you've just got the flu, dickhead. Right. But it... it rolls with it and thinks that's that's some sort of COVID or something. Anyway, basically, I've been told that there is a chance that my PCR could come back negative, but it's fairly unlikely. And, dear listener, it did not. A message from the future from my COVID bed. And, uh, again, this, this feels uh, perhaps even more important. Please don't get your coronavirus advice from friends with friends. Oh, absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> that is a very, very solid bit of medical advice. But it is worth knowing, don't just always get a PCR, is what I mean. Because that, that, yeah. that will confirm either way. Um, no, I think that's fair. And that, that has come from medical professionals. But I won't name them, just in case they want to distance themselves from... Uh, from their medical advice. It's come from Dr. Richard Burke. I feel like we've done this podcast throughout a pandemic. Um, It was only a matter of time before one of us got it. And it's not me. Yeah, we've we've, we've amazingly managed to... I'm definitely going to have COVID by the time we do the next episode. Now I've said that. Well, I mean, I don't know if this this sort of chimes with you, but I know so many people that have either got it or been pinged to self-isolate in the last I know more people who've been pinged. My dad has... Loads of people. Um, it's yeah. it's all gone a little bit mad again here. But 
Hey, if you're affected, then hopefully you're doing all right like Davis because he's still here chatting to me. So Yeah, well, it's just given me a lot of time to... I've, I've spent the most time sort of concentrating on the episode of Friends this week as a result because I've had nothing to do for the last three days because right. I've just been at home on my own. So I watched the episode twice, did a lot of heavy background research on it. Like, maybe, maybe what this podcast needs is for me to be bed-bound. Hmm. Put more effort in, Dave. <laughs> I'll try. I'm trying my best. Hey, Dave, which episode are we doing this week? Shall I read you the request? Yes. It's from Ash. Hi, Ash. There it is. Hi from Oz. I presume that means Australia, and it's not just an autocorrect of Ash. Uh, hi from Oz. <laughs> I absolutely love the podcast and have done since discovering it about two years ago. The only issue is I laugh so much while listening to it, I've had to take it out of my dog walking rotation to avoid strange looks. That's so nice. Oh. That's lovely. Genuinely Just, hadn't read that paragraph before I read it out and it makes us look even more uh, self-congratulatory than normal. But You're um, allowed a humble brag when you're riddled with COVID. It is nice to know that some sort of joy is being spread as well as COVID-19. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm going to be greedy and request two episodes. Oh my god! Luckily, this fell in the period of time in an era, if you will. That this is commonplace. Yeah, uh, don't don't anyone get ideas above their station. Well, do you know what? What I would say, and this has proven the correct way of doing these things recently, is if you are choosing a two-parter, we will we should really allow people to 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 have both, right? Yes, I think so. Because remember when we did just the first half of the London one with the Mac Twins? Yeah. <laughs> and it, yes. was, it was really underwhelming because none of the payoffs were were there. So I think it's important that actually if you are going to choose a two-parter, we will allow you to have to have both parts as your request from, okay, from now fine. on. That's the new rule. Because half episodes are for twats. Yeah, okay, fine. Are you calling the Mac Twins? No, no. (laughs) Really seemed like I was, didn't it? No, 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 absolutely not. I was just paraphrasing our quiz catchphrase. Okay, fine. I love the Mac Twins. Although two of them chose half an episode, so... Quarter yeah, if, of an if episode any, each. If anyone should be allowed to choose two episodes, <laughs> yeah. it's identical twins. Uh, anyway, so Asha said, I'm going to be greedy, request two episodes. Season six, episodes 15 and 16, the one that could have been parts one and two. Despite the very problematic body shaming aspects, I think it's quite a fun little diversion from the season six arc, which, as you've mentioned many times, is far from the most compelling of the ten seasons. Uh, and his absolute favourite Phoebe episode, Lisa Kudrow steals the show in this IMO, in my opinion. Smiley emoji. Cheers, Ash. Very comprehensive request, that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think we all know what this episode is all about, don't we? I think we do, but shall I read the synopsis just in case? Yeah, go for it. Just So, so admin-wise, we're going to do, as we did the last couple of episodes, this in two halves, aren't we? Yes. So this week will be the one that could have been part one. Although I think these ones are a little more clearly sort of split up if you're streaming it or whatever. So yes, they are. So it's a bit are. easier to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, if- on Netflix there's two parts. There's two separate yeah. episodes, aren't there? The first of which, 225565, that's the production yeah. code, directed by our old pal Michael Lembeck. Oh, he's back. Lembeck, Lembeck. Uh, The gang ponders what might have been if Ross and Carol had stayed married. Monica never lost weight. Chandler pursued being a writer. Joey still worked on Days of Our Lives. Rachel had married Barry. And Phoebe had become a stockbroker. (laughs) So when you read it just like that, the Phoebe storyline is nuts, isn't it? 
And the Chandler one also appears to come completely from nowhere. Well, we'll get on to the Chandler one in a minute, because there's some real issues with that. Uh, the story then takes place in an alternate reality. God, this episode reads like a, <laughs> an absolute fever dream, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, struggling Chandler becomes Joey's assistant with mixed results. Monica plans to lose her virginity to her boyfriend, Roger. And Ch- oh, no, this is part two now. This is it. Ross Stop. attempts to spice up his marriage with Carol by suggesting a threesome. Rachel falls for Joey after seeing him in Central Perk. And Phoebe lands in hospital with a stress-induced heart attack. Cheerful. So um, that that's the part one synopsis. You know when you said that this is a bit like a fever dream? Yeah. What if this episode didn't actually exist i'm not actually talking to you right now and this is your coronavirus fever dream i'll tell you what if that is what's happened then it's a long game from the old covid19 because the first time i've ever watched this episode will have been about 15 years ago or was it or was it yeah i just got completely false memories inception oh my goodness yeah maybe i'm just reprogramming the whole thing it does seem mad doesn't it like as a concept so now i said on the podcast last week didn't i that there was a reason they did this episode but i couldn't remember what it was but i have looked it up okay and it appears to be that so the two previous episodes were jill reese witherspoon okay and that storyline was supposed to last longer it was supposed to last four to six episodes but it was only two in the end and now for whatever reason there's loads of rumors and shindigs about why she didn't do it in the end there was a lot of rumors that her and jennifer aniston uh logged heads and didn't get on but i don't think that can be true because she a, seemed happy enough in the reunion yeah witherspoon did the reunion and loved talked about loving it and b they seem to be very close in irl you know um so that could be hollywood tittle tattle uh, but for i mean it's most likely that just her schedule interfered because she's a hugely successful movie star you know yeah, But anyway, so it turns out that they had to write this episode at quite short notice, it seems, to fill in that gap when Reese Witherspoon had to bugger off. Well, I feel like, yes, it is a very contrived premise, but they've kind of earned the right to do something different six seasons in. Yeah. Like, why not have a play around? Yeah, let's do something different. Fine. I think it's I think it's absolutely fine in the context that we know it's the only time they did this. But yeah. I reckon if you were watching it for the first time live, and I will have done this because this is I was well into watching Friends week by week by by now. There must have been a part of you that goes, "Oh God, is this the start of them just going nuts?" Do you know what I mean? Oh, episode seventeen's in space, and then episode ninety. You know, like have they just run out of ideas completely? But luckily, they sort of steady the car, don't they, and straighten it onto just back to normal pretty quickly after yeah i think so um so the episode starts i, I think we're gonna have to just work through this chronologically do you like that all sort of ties in with everything doesn't it yeah and e- different characters appearing different other little storylines so yeah i think we just go through it as yeah. a, uh, in order it's quite a neat it is quite a neatly written episode isn't it it all does slot together really nicely and there's a lot of nice little details um contained within it but we start before we go I was going to say back in time. It's not back in time, isn't it? Uh, sideways in time? Uh, yeah, I Al- think so. Alternate reality? Sideways in time? Sure. But we start in regular reality and the sort of vague... Now, it's quite clunky, isn't it, the start? 
<laughs> like, it's one of the clunkiest cold opens in the whole of Friends because it's basically the bit in the modern day that has to set up this weird premise. It's just one after another, all of them going, what if I yeah. think that they're about to do? Yes, I wonder what my life would have been like if I hadn't got these new pair of shoes. It was, it's, yeah. that, it's that very sort of um, GCC drama vibes, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the trigger for it is that Barry and Mindy are getting divorced. And that leads Rachel to be sort of like, oh, what if I had married Barry? Oh, what a what a curious, quirky situation that would have been. I did enjoy in this bit, Joey, A, immediately goes to Ross. What is the matter with you? I hear divorce, I go to Ross. Uh, but then after we got over that line, he just goes, who's Barry and Mindy? And I yeah. just love that Joey doesn't really pay much attention to his your like, best, friend's best friend's life. husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole first year of your friendship with Rachel was her talking about... You know, should she have married that guy, Barry? You should at least remember who they are. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, during that bit where they're, they're all going round, aren't they? Going, oh, I wonder what my life would have been like if I hadn't done this thing. Chandler's one's a bit sad. Because <laughs> he basically goes, I wonder what I'd have been like if I'd have done anything that would have made me happy ever. If I hadn't given up on anything that I thought might make me happy. Right. And he has that sort of line about, my job's cool, I don't have to wear a tie tomorrow. And it's like, oh my God, there's something horribly bleak about this. Because actually for the rest of them, just doing a quick scan through, yeah, the rest of them, it's a good job they didn't do the thing, right? So it's a good job Rachel didn't marry Barry. It's a good job Ross didn't stay with Carol. Like, all the things in real life that happened worked out for the better. And I know Chandler eventually gets a job he likes in reality, but he's the only one where he's basically gone, God, fucking hell, reality, my reality is bleak. And his good job is still a couple of seasons away. Yeah, well, exactly. He's lived for, you know, 15 years of his adult life, like by that time nearly, without being happy. Do you know what's not explained, though, Mm. is how once we go into this alternate reality... Rachel loses her fashion sense <laughs> yeah. because she's in the cow print coat and, and yeah. like there's no explanation for why that's any different. No, because her fashion sense would have been sort of inherently natural to her, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like that's why she gets into fashion because it's the thing she sort of understands and has always got because she was a cool kid at school. Why is she suddenly, yeah, they've obviously tried to make everyone look a bit different and dress them a bit differently, but she does feel like she's just fallen completely by the wayside. And her sort of appearance is completely different as well. Yes. Her, her hair's very different. She looks a bit sort of, in the in a, like, there's no way of saying this in a nice way, a bit tackier. Yes. Well, yes, exactly. There's no way, nice way of saying it, Pete. So why not be a bit... I think tacky? it's fair to say that cow print is tacky. Hey, you said it. If there's any comeback on this podcast, let the record show. Pete thinks cow print's tacky. No one owns cow print. Dave has not said anything about cow print. If you're listening, wearing a cow print jacket, Jacket. You're wow. welcome. <laughs> Please send us a picture of you in a cow print jacket if you are wearing them. Uh, just before we actually get back to the alternate reality then, there's two little more things. One, Phoebe's reason why she didn't take the stockbroker job is one of the maddest things they've ever written for Phoebe, isn't it? I can't remember what she says. She says, I didn't take it because I thought at oh. that time in my life, everything that rhymed was true. Like, yeah, even for Phoebe, that is absolutely batshit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So she thinks because she works with stocks, she'd have to live in a box. Yeah. 
And something with socks? Locks and socks locks. and yeah, yeah, locks and what? <laughs> yeah, just, mad. That was part, and you could tell there was more to that little speech because they there was obviously a quite a clear edit because then Ross goes, "Hey, do you know what do you think might have happened?" You know, sets it up, and then the weirdest thing about the whole cold open is, and I don't think this happens anywhere else in all of Friends. There's no laugh leading into the theme tune. Yes, you're right. So the theme yeah. tune is usually like it's usually like funny, funny joke, joke, ha ha ha, big laugh into the theme. And that's like such a rhythm we're used to. In this one, Ross just goes, do you think if all those things happened, we'd still hang out? There's a really weird pause, like nobody's learned how to edit. And then it just goes, and it's so, it's almost creepy. If you're watching it for the first time, you'd be like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? (laughs) Exactly. Fever dream, fever dream, fever dream. Big alarm bells going off everywhere. Have I got a false memory of this? Or... I thought they'd redone the opening titles. Yes, and actually, when I searched for um, a, a photo from this episode for Instagram, yeah, uh, there was a photo of of Monica in the the bodysuit in the fountain. In the fountain, yes. I'm so sh- that did happen at some point. I'm sure uh, it may. Uh, maybe it's just the. Um maybe it's the second episode they do that in, but it seems weird. Like it wouldn't be because I thought that was the whole point in my head that they'd do the alternate reality opening because then you'd, you'd at least be expecting that to happen without with the normal credits it just seems absolutely nuts when cow print rachel and ross bump into each other on the street you must just be like what the fuck's going on here at which point by the way ross is buying porn which i swear there are a lot of references throughout friends to ross buying porn both magazine and video well, form not only that but he's it's specifically a copy of busty ladies <laughs> which i'm pretty sure joey has bought or tried to buy at some other point as well someone i'm sure will point out the specific episode but that that specific title really just rang a bell from a friend's point of view not because i buy copies of busty ladies well you are home a lot over the next week or so. <laughs> it's just such a funny title for a porn magazine, isn't it? Yeah. A busty lady. Ladies. La- yeah. Busty it's ladies. It's quite polite, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, it's very, <laughs> it is. It's like the pornography for a well-to-do society. Yeah. The, bust, the busty lady. Yeah. Um. So Ross and Rachel meet, don't they? She doesn't know who he is really originally, and then she remembers, and that's that sort of slightly awkward setup of the whole thing. Um. And then they... Go to Central Perk. Ross takes Rachel to Central Perk to meet Monica. Now we cut to Central Perk and it's Monica with Roger, who will, I think, we don't really see much of in this first half, do we? But no. comes into it a bit more in the second half and Joey hanging out. Now, this is a point that Ash has raised the body shaming. Can we talk about, and I'm going to do this in inverted commas, but you can't see, fat in inverted commas, Monica? Yeah. Because in the opening credits, not only do they reference Monica, they they sort of, there's a reference to, oh, Chandler wouldn't be with Monica. And he says, do you think I'm that shallow? And Ross says, no, I just think Monica was that fat. Yeah. She's not fat. And the other thing is, I think aside from her physical appearance, it's a really caricature portrayal of a, a bigger person. There's a bit in a moment where... Um, Phoebe reacts to bad news and Monica says, oh, you didn't just sit on my Kit Kats, did you? Right. And like, that's that's 
kind of lazy. Like, that's just a really sort of lazy joke about, oh, Monica must have a supply of of confectionery in her bedroom. Right. And the, the, the I'm jumping forward again a little bit here, but we're talking about it here. The post-credits bit where it's literally just Monica dancing, eating donuts, and it just feels a little bit like... It's so... It feels, a, it feels really lazy. It's very lazy. It's very bizarre. Yeah, every, pretty much every time we see Monica in this, she's like eating a chocolate bar or she's got chocolate in her hands you know or there's the bit where Chandler gets his job later and she pulls out a Kit Kat to give it to him and like it's A obviously it's an awful portrayal anyway and that line about oh I just think Monica was that fat is a dreadful line but she's not even I I, I was writing my notes like she's not even that fat it's not she's not even fat she's just a bit bigger than like regular quite ridiculously thin Monica you know She's also sort of seen as being a bit sort of sad and she's with this this man who's who's is quite boring. Yeah. And it, it's as if this alternate reality monocle where she's a bit bigger, it, she's also a bit sort of sadder and a bit of more nerdy mm. and, and hasn't really matured as much. And it's it's just all a bit... Bleh. Yes, it's not very good optics, is it, to be like, well, good job she wasn't slightly heavier than a Hollywood thin... Uh, archetype you know because otherwise how could she possibly be happy but yeah. there'll be people like, like I was sitting there watching that going I'm definitely fatter than Monica in this <laughs> like it's, it's not like they've even made her up to be like caricaturedly fat do you know what I mean like like obviously hor- horrendously obese like which would not still be a, gr- a good a good way of doing it or a good storyline but at least it would have lined up with the sort of jokes they were making you know on the subject of Kit Kats, though, oh, yeah. um, are American Kit Kats the same as ours? Because in America, like their Milky Ways are very different to our Milky Ways. Are they? Are, are Kit Kats the same? Well, I didn't. What I, what I would say on that point is that when she did get out a Kit Kat bar, I was like, well, that doesn't look like a Kit Kat bar. Mm, they look similar, if I'm honest, Pete. Okay. It hasn't fine. thrown up as <laughs> much contentious content as I'd hoped. Because don't Milky Ways have... I think Milky Ways have caramel in. What? Hang on. American... Milky Way. Am I chatting absolute bollocks? Yeah, no, you're right. They've got yes, caramel. Yes, made of nougat, topped with caramel and covered with milk, whereas ours are marshmallow topped with milk chocolate. Oh, my God. Not covered with milk. <laughs> covered Co- with milk chocolate. No. <laughs> covered with milk would be hard to put in the wrap. <laughs> Just a glass of milk on top. Yeah. Um, yeah, see? Different Milky Ways. Uh, maybe that's the... Uh, uh, for our next live show, we can compare and contrast American and British Milky Ways and uh, do a taste test. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun to me. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why people would pay to come and see that, but hey, let's test the boundaries, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Right, so we'll delve into the proper alternate reality now that we've done the sort of moniker. Actually, should we have a little, should have a little musical sting? Uh, yeah, I'll go and get a Kit Kat. All right, have a break. Oh, that was good. <laughs> That was re- well done. For someone whose brain is devoured by COVID, very good. <laughs> really much. good. Hello, it's Mr. P here. And the other Mr. P. And we are the hosts of Two Mr. P's in a Podcast. The educational podcast where you don't actually learn a thing. No, instead we explore the weird, wonderful and downright hilarious things that happen in school from people actually doing the job. We reminisce on our own time at school, funny things we experience each day. And of course, we share your hilarious stories from the chalk face. So if you work in a school or just want a nostalgic trip down memory lane, sit up straight, fingers on lips and get ready for the lesson.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Roger's chat about nuts and seeds, right? Yeah. I mean... It is boring, and that's what he is supposed to be portrayed as. But I'll be honest, it did lead me down a dark, not dark, boring, that's the word, boring Google path about nuts and seeds. Cool. <laughs> would you what's like, your best nut fact, Dave? Well, would you, well it's going to shake you to the core, mate. Right. Because what's Roger saying? Oh, the hazelnut isn't a nut, and neither is the Brazil nut. They're both seeds. Is he wrong? According to woodlandtrust.org... I trust those guys. The botanical definition of any nut is that it's a seed contained in a hard shell. He's talking bollocks. All nuts are seeds, mate. All bloody nuts are seeds. He was putting Monica down. He was making making them feel feel stupid. stupid. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Roger. At least if you're going to be boring, at least be accurate. Mm. Um, That's really all we see of Roger, though, in this first bit. It just sets up how boring he is. And we know when we get to the second half, it's all about the sort of... Roger v Chandler dynamic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but Chandler comes in, he's skinned. We've got the sort of role reversal between Joey and Chandler now, haven't we? Which is an interesting reality switch in terms of the one that's clearly propping up the other financially. Yeah, Joey just seems to have a bit more sort of charisma, doesn't he? He's a, a bit less sort of dumb and a bit... Well, no, he's still a bit dumb, but he's he's a bit more sort of confident and yeah, he's a bit more a bit together, well, isn't he? dressed and yeah. Yeah, although his fashion sense is a bit odd as well in this, isn't it? Even even though he's a supposedly a very well-paid television actor, he doesn't doesn't seem to dress like one. No, true. Um, but it transpires that that Joey may needed an assistant, or he never had an assistant. But just when Monica suggested it, he was like, "Oh, I could have an assistant as a way to give Chandler money, basically, rather than lending him the money." So Joey hires Chandler as assistant, and then meanwhile we've got Phoebe who walks in smoking indoors, Claxon. Yes, very uh, of its time. This is the thing that Ash flagged up in her request, uh, that she thinks Phoebe stole the show. Lisa Kudrow stole the show in this episode. She, it is s- 
I think what's interesting about it is it's such a different character to regular Phoebe, but it's just as plausible, and that's well impressive, isn't it? It, it feels like Lisa Kudrow is having a lot of fun yeah. playing Phoebe Buffet, the business bitch. It's great. What kind of name is Brindy? It's one yeah, of the funniest lines in the, whole, in the whole thing. From Renaming on, her Joan is great. Your name is yeah. Joan, yeah. It's so good. Uh, that's her real hair as well, by the way. How is it? Fun fact, Lisa Kudrow's hair was that short all the way through season six, but they made her wear a wig normally because they thought Phoebe would have longer hair. Okay. So another reason why, um, why you know, maybe they wrote that into it so they could make use of Lisa Kudrow's regular hair. Here's my question about Phoebe in this, though. She's full business bitch, right? Mm-hmm. Why is she never in the office? <laughs> Yes, it's a good point. Why is she never at work? Why is she trying to control the stock market from a coffee shop in a friend's apartment in the middle of the day? Maybe it wouldn't go so disastrously wrong if she actually was in her office. But that's that. I mean, that's one thing that's true of both um, realities between the actual friend's reality and this uh, different one is that they don't actually go to work when they should be there. <laughs> yeah. It does seem more strange in this, though, because at least in the sort of normal one, there's usually ways of going, oh, well, Monica's a chef, so she probably works evenings, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, Joey's an actor. But in this, it's like, this is definitely a job where famously you work long hours at a, at an office, at a place, you know? Yeah. And she's just basically using a mobile phone and making calls every now and then. No wonder she loves her job. She doesn't have to fucking do anything. Good to see of its time technology being used for them. Yeah. So they'll use a cell phone when it's needed, won't they? Yeah. Um, also, on the subject of smoking indoors, surely Monica would never let Phoebe smoke in her apartment. Yeah, fair point. Never. That's just one of those. That's that's They got that wrong, haven't they? Uh, anyway, she loses, what, $5 million? No, $13 million, isn't it? Uh, yes. Which, in the grand scheme, I mean, obviously a crazy amount of money. Well, yeah, but- I'd, I'd love $13 million. But yeah, when she said that, I thought, I bet that happens all the time. It's okay. It's- That'll be back tomorrow. The old stock market, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, that seems to be a big deal, and she does end up getting fired for it later on, as we find out. But before that, only has a bloody heart attack, didn't she? Yeah, um... And I, I sort of like how casually she gets the hurt heart attack and how um, how un, unconcerned she is by it. Yes, it's, again, it's a very different type of Phoebe, isn't it? But she's just just taking it all in her stride, sits down, basically talks through the symptoms and goes, yes, I'm having a heart attack. Um, and it's so well done. I, I really like Phoebe in this mode. It's, it's great. You surely, surely even in the world, the cutthroat world of the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. You probably wouldn't get fired while you're in a hospital bed recovering from a heart attack. <laughs> well, right? You wouldn't get fired by your boss telling a man he's never met that doesn't even necessarily know that <laughs> knows you. <laughs> yeah, doesn't even directly tell you. Like, that phone call was so quick. Ross goes, uh-huh, she can't come to the phone right now. Uh-huh, okay. So we're led to believe that the phone call went, hi, it's Phoebe there. No, she can't come to the phone right now. Okay, she's fired. Uh-huh, okay, bye. That's it. Yeah. Doesn't even like try and sugarcoat it to, doesn't say who are you or why are you answering the phone? Just fires her by proxy, which becomes a problem in the next episode. And that's the setup, isn't it? When she doesn't realise she's been fired. But um, but yeah, it does, it does feel extra cutthroat, doesn't it? Absolutely. Meanwhile, they're in the hospital, Phoebe's recovering and <laughs> like we get one of these very strange, just 
little chats between Phoebe and Ross, which don't happen that often. But uh, in the alternate reality, apparently they're more just chatty about their... Friendly, yeah. Yeah, friendly and chatting about their sex lives and having a nice time. I'd never seen Phoebe describing all those roleplay ideas before. I feel like that bit must have been cut at some point. Really? On yeah, the, on the, I'd not on the seen her versions. listing those off, yeah. It is um, quite a sort of list of kinks, isn't it? Very quickly, like on sort of mainstream television. She does list a lot of ways of spicing things up. Uh, This is because Ross is having a dry spell with Carol, uh, obviously because they've stayed married and Carol hasn't come out to Ross yet, which uh, eventually will happen. But uh, yeah, Phoebe basically goes, why don't you tie each other up, eat stuff off, blah, 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 suggests loads of stuff. And the last one is... That they could role play as two stockbrokers on the stock floor with loads of people watching while they have sex. And is the implication there that Phoebe has done that? Yes, because what, what did she say? She says something like... She's like, oh, never happened, but... Yeah. It's just when you really think about what she's intimating there, it's kind of mad, isn't it? She's, she's, she's admitting, effectively, to having sex with another stockbroker in the middle of her office floor... With people watching. On the middle of the trading floor, <laughs> with loads of people watching. Like, God, I mean, we know Phoebe's, you know, filthy, don't we? M- but Maybe maybe now we understand why they're so um, happy to get rid of Phoebe so quickly and sack her. It's because, you know, she was shagging on the office floor and now has lost someone $13 million. Well, yeah, well, I was going to say, though, if they've kept her after the shagging on the floor incident, then losing a bit of $13 million doesn't seem like, you know, it feels like they really would have wanted to keep her otherwise. True. Well, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, so Phoebe gives Ross all these suggestions, which he then takes back to Carol. And the scene with Ross and Carol is so hot. Like, Carol's so uninterested in Ross, isn't she? And sexually frustrated Ross doesn't feel so far away from actual Ross. No, no, absolutely not. Because that's kind of just what he's like anyway. He's very, um, like, repressed, isn't he? And he's not very open and he's very closed down normally. But in this... He's kind of happy to open up and say to Carol, hey, our sex life isn't great. Should we spice things up? Like, those aren't easy conversations for people to have. But this version of Ross, despite the having this bleak existence where he's married to someone that hasn't come out yet, he's still, he seems more relaxed and like he's really just trying to make this nice thing work, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, she obviously, she, I mean, she literally rolls her eyes and goes, this is disgusting when he's talking about like tying each other up or eating stuff off each other. She doesn't even sort of try to sugarcoat her lack of interest no. in him sexually. It's just, she's she's quite mean to him. Yeah, I feel very sorry for him in this situation because she's basically like, oh no, this is awful. What? And then, apart from obviously when he suggests the threesome and she jumps immediately at that chance, um, which we later, well, we'll get into part two. We don't we don't see the threesome in this uh, in this episode, do we? Don't see the threesome, no. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I do know what you mean. Yes. Again, this is very strange. They're heavy petting. It's They're not heavy. an actual explicit <laughs> no. scene. No, you're quite right. But again, just the the theme of the threesome in a in in a mainstream sitcom is yeah, fair play. Yeah, true. It's pretty out there. It's pretty out there. Uh, fun fact about that scene as well. That is Cole Sprouse's first appearance as Ben. Oh, is it? Yeah, in the alternate reality. What a weird way to come in. Do you reckon at some point Ben got stuck in the alternate reality and never came back? <laughs> That's why we never see him after season seven. Yeah. He's just got stuck in the... He's in, the... in another universe. Yeah, that's It's so all funny. got a bit Doctor Who. Oh, mate, write that up into a little BuzzFeed article and we'll post yeah. that. I bet they'll, they'll lap that shit up. He's Rose Tyler. He's yeah. stuck in another reality. <laughs> Gonna 
Charlie Piper reference for the first time on Friends with Friends. Yeah, that is, isn't it? Not a moment too soon. Not a moment too soon. Three and a half years in. How long have we been doing this podcast? Three and a half yeah, years? Four years? Nice. Some nice. years. So, some, yeah, we'll find out. Uh, yes, okay. So Ben is like Billy Piper in Doctor Who. Uh, and he's, he's trapped. There you go. That explains everything. There you go. I've cracked it, guys. Right, so the Joey and Rachel sort of bits and bobs is kicking off meanwhile now, isn't it? Joey's giving Rachel a tour of Days of Our Lives. And Rachel being starstruck by Joey is a really nice touch when he first, when she first sees him in Central Park. Yeah, in the same way that Lisa Kudrow plays a, an alternate version of Phoebe so well, I think Jennifer Aniston is so... Like, it's not just the cow print coat going, this is a different version of Rachel, but the way she sort of plays that fangirly, just like, oh, I stay at home and watch soap operas all day and I'm really into them. It's so plausible, isn't it? It's so believable that she's a, she would fan over him and she'd know his real name and she'd watch his show every day and know all the lines and all that sort of stuff. And it's so, that scene in Central Perk where they meet is really well done. The backstage of Days of Our Lives, though, is just the backstage of the Friends set. <laughs> is it? Yeah, and you can tell because go and watch this back. But right at the start of that scene, when Joey's leading her down the corridor, you can see the backdrop of like what is outside the window of Monica's apartment. The apartment, great. Backdrop. So you can see like the edge of that backdrop. It's so funny. They haven't even tried to hide that. Um, and also, <laughs> did you notice the way they try and convert the Friends backstage into a Days of Our Lives backstage by putting up a hospital sign? Nice. So there's a hospital sign on the wall. Why would there be a hospital sign backstage? Yeah, it would be very much on camera. Yeah, very strange. But, you know, they've got to make it make it look like the soap opera backstage. There's a really nice on a break reference as well, which uh, the, I feel like there's a bit of an audience reaction to the fact that alternate reality Rachel has had the audacity to agree that being on a break is a good thing. Yes. No, no, absolutely. There's quite a few little... Um, uh, snippets of things they seed in from different other episodes of the reality of Friends, isn't there? But the yeah, I wish we were on a break. Thing is, is the most poignant one of them. Uh, Chandler comes in and he's brought Joey the orange juice with the pulp, uh, and like Joey's being an absolute dickhead here, isn't he? Yes, he is a massive dick to Chandler. Um, they're getting a little spat over it, and then it does, however, produce a line from Friends that I think I use at least once a week, which is Joey's, you have got to listen. Yeah. Which is a very useful go-to friends quote for everyday life. And what you should say to your friends about friends with friends. Yes, good. That's what you should post on a, on the Instagram this week about this episode, Pete. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe we'll have some new listeners this week because the day before we recorded this the good people at Spotify put a little post up about our podcast, didn't they? That was nice. Yes, how ludicrous. How, along with the office ladies and Taskmaster yeah. and all the all the big guns. Yeah, proper ones. Yeah, proper podcasts. That was nuts, <laughs> wasn't it? Fair play. Thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, and they're going to just... People are going to come and discover this episode and it's just us talking about <laughs> you having COVID. <laughs> Look, it's topical. It's, it's, you know, it's keeping everyone up to date. Mm. I mean, they're all very much like this. If they don't like this episode, they're not going to like the rest of them, are they? That's fair. At least I haven't gone, oh yeah, this week yet. Well, exactly. So Chandler and Joey get into this little spat. Rachel is sort of, I mean, Joey hits on Rachel, doesn't he, backstage, and she sort of goes, no, I'm married, all the best. Joey in um, 
seduction mode here is is quite dreadful, isn't it? As Joey is the famous man, just using lines from his own soap opera. Well, he already knows that she's a massive fan of it. Right. So he's a little careless to start quoting his own character. And then Rachel talks to him. I mean, why is Rachel just suddenly hanging out at Central Perk, by the way? (laughs) Yeah, she's suddenly just become a best friend of Monica regardless. Yeah, she just sort of drifted into the old lifestyle. Like, she'd never been there before. And suddenly now she's just on the couch with Monica talking about her love life. Um, and they, like you say, there's the, the there's the reference to oh, I wish me and Barry were just on a break because uh, she wants to bang Joey, doesn't she? And then we discover in the same scene that Monica is a virgin because she's so fat. Am I right? The whole give him my flower um, that is a horrible, horrible term for losing your virginity. Oh God, yeah, no, it's hor- it's oh, it's just horrible, isn't it? It's um, yeah, it's grim. It's grim. I don't like dwelling on it too much. Okay, well, let us not dwell on it. Uh, and then this sort of storyline comes to a conclusion when Rachel is watching Joey on Days of Our Lives and he has a romantic scene with a woman in the bed and then she suddenly realises she wants to try and have sex with Joey, doesn't she? Yeah, and he requests sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, that's very Joey, that's good. It's nice to see the different elements of his personality have uh, have, have stayed the same in the two realities and that uh, for Joey is sandwiches. Uh, another fun fact for you, the scene that Joey does. It's quite an extended scene, isn't it? The Days of Our Lives scene and that. Yeah, we see quite a bit of it. Yeah. There's a doctor who gets arrested for not being a real doctor and then a patient called Hope. And both of those are real characters from Days of Our Lives. How are they? Oh, that that just went over my head, obviously. Yeah, well, me too, completely. But I sort of, I was like, there must be a reason there's so much of this scene on it. So it's obviously a little bit of an Easter egg for people that watch real Days of Our Lives, which I can't imagine is a huge crossover with a friend's audience, but hey, might be wrong. Well, the only other thing we haven't picked up on so far is Chandler selling his story finally to Archie Comics, which it turns out is just the story of Joey hiring him to be his assistant and being a dick to him. Much like it did with the two parts of Barbados, the kind of emphasis moves quite dramatically onto Monica and Chandler in this next one compared to when it moved onto a different storyline in the Barbados one, didn't it? Yeah, it's all going to shift in, in part two, isn't it? Um, and Joey thinks he, you know, might have heard that story before, <laughs> at which point Chandler's obviously nervous that he's going to clock it. But then Joey just goes, that sounds familiar. Did they already do that one? And Chandler laughs like he's relieved. But I'd just be like, you're just saying that I've completely just copied someone else's story. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first one I've ever sold to Archie Comics. Um, it seems like Chandler's only trying to sell stories to one comic book as well. Yeah, he might want to sort of start spreading his, uh, his his targets a bit wider. Yeah, as a freelance writer, mate, don't just try and get a story in Archie Comics. Like, I mean, it's worked out in the end. But um, but yeah, 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 you're right. Spread your wings, my friend. Spread your wings. Um, that's it for part one. And what we're going to do is save the quiz that Amy very kindly sends us for the second part. Because, yes. let's be honest, it was a little bit of a shambles the last two weeks, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. So we'll do the full quiz at the end of part two. That makes sense, doesn't it? Dave, you may be free of COVID by the time we next speak. Touch wood, Peter. It's my wooden desk. You need to wipe that now. <laughs> uh, see you next week, Pete. Bye. Great big owl.